And based on uh, self-report data, approximately 50% of troops engaged in active combat in Afghanistan and Iraq may have suffered a mild TBI. And even more, uh, we got even more of those uh, statistics uh, later when people get out. Yeah. Uh, so statistics show that TBI is an important public health problem, and these numbers can help establish TBI prevention strategies, identify research and education priorities, um, and support the need for service among those living with the TBI. And uh, according to uh, Center for Disease uh, uh, Control, CDC, each year an estimate 1.7 million people in the United States sustain a TBI, so not only veterans. Of them, 52,000 uh, 52, die, 275,000 hospitalized, and uh, 1.4 million, or nearly 80%, are treated and released from an emergency department. So you see about 75% of TBIs that occur each year are concussions or other forms of mild TBI, and those numbers are pretty high. So let's um, let's jump into main topic podcast. Yeah, a new regulation for brain injuries. Because the Department of Veterans Affairs has been criticized for underestimating the effects of TBI and not awarding benefits to many veterans suffering from TBI, the VA has proposed a revision of Regulation Thirty Eight CFR Three Point Three One Zero to help more veterans with TBI to qualify for benefits. The proposed rule recognizes five illnesses as being caused or worsened by TBI. A veteran who can establish service connection for TBI, that is, that the TBI resulted from military service, may be able to get an increase in benefits based on these illnesses once the new rule is finalized. So the Department of Defense and the Department of Veterans Affairs in May 2007, by consensus, have defined TBI as a traumatically induced structural injury and or physio physiological 
disruption of brain function as a result of an external force that is indicated by new onset or worsening of at least one of the following clinical signs immediately following the event. Number one, any period of loss of or decreased level of consciousness. So a little bit of a concussion getting knocked out. Any loss of memory uh, for the events immediately before or after the injury. Three, any uh, alteration in mental state at the time of the injury, confusion, disorientation, things like that. Four, neurological defects, weakness, balance disturbance, you know, a little bit of like your leg being a little paralyzed, things like that, changing your vision. And five, intracranial lesions. So you're talking about bruising your brain. Um, so uh, forces um, causing brain injury include the head being struck by an object, uh, the head striking an object, the brain undergoing an acceleration, deceleration movement without direct external trauma to the head, a foreign body uh, penetrating the brain, forces generated from events such as a blast or explosion, or um, other any other forces. Open versus closed TBI. A TBI resulting from something passing through the skull into the brain, such as a bullet or fragments from an explosion, is called a penetrating or open head injury. A TBI that results from either an object hitting the head or from the head hitting something forcefully, such as a dashboard of a car, is referred to as a non-penetrating or closed head injury. Yep. So, um... Some of um, the symptoms that you might experience if you have TBI or let's say you don't know that you're having TBI. So you might have a physical headache, nausea, uh, vomiting, dizziness, blurred vision, sleep disturbance, weakness, uh, sensory loss, uh, some uh, balance disorders, seizures, and uh, so on. Uh, besides physical, you can have cognitive uh, uh, disorders like difficulties or impairments in attention, concentration. You can't learn uh, memory, uh, speed of mental processing, planning, reasoning, uh, judgment, um, self-awareness, uh, your language may be uh, uh, slow or will be too fast sometimes. Uh, you might uh, have issues with abstract thinking. And also a big one is emotional or behavioral. So that results into uh, issues uh, like depression, anxiety, agitation, irritability, uh, being impulsive, uh, being aggressive, uh, and so on. And causes of TBI. In the civilian sector, most common means of sustaining a TBI is through falls. Data from the CDC indicate falls account for about 28% of all reported TBIs. Following falls are motor, motor vehicle-related incidents. These include all incidents involving motor vehicles, bicycles, pedestrians, recreational vehicles, things like that. Firearms used in the is the firearm use is the leading cause of death related to TBI. Blast in combination with other mechanisms are a leading cause of TBI for active duty military personnel and war zones. Yep. Um, so. What, what criteria defines a TBI? A TBI occurs when any of the following happen after a traumatic event. Any loss of memory for events immediately before or after that injury. 
any alteration in mental state at the time of injury, being confused, disoriented, slow thinking, neurological defects, especially like weakness, balance disturbances, change in vision, and intracranial lesions. So you're talking about getting a little bruise on your brain. The severity of, of brain injury and the severity of TBI is determined at the time of injury. Though severity levels have prognostic value, it does not necessarily predict the patient's likelihood of functional recovery. Severity of TBI is a continuum and the practical um, classification used to designate patients. A patient as having mild, moderate, or severe injury is somewhat arbitrary. The severity grades, mild, moderate, and severe, are denoted by using one of the four examples. Indexes. Indexes. The Glasgow coma, uh, coma scale, the GCS, the length of coma, duration of unconsciousness, length of period of altered consciousness or mental status, and length of post-traumatic amnesia, or PTA. The Glasgow Coma Scale, the GCS, the GCS is a 15-point scale based upon rating of the patient best eye-opening motor and verbal responses following an injury. Distribution of hospitalized trauma patients diagnosed with TBI based on GCS severity has generally been found to have a ratio of mild to moderate to severe of 8 to 1 to 1. While the GCS is recognized as a reliable measurement tool, it is other factors unrelated to the TBI itself, such as intoxication, in, uh, intubation, and other injuries, and the length of time between the injury and, me and measurement. The GCS is not particularly useful in assessment uh, for mild TBI concussions. Yeah, um, VA doesn't use straightly uh, GCS, but it's a, a starting point where you start, actually. Because every year they develop a new questionnaire or new DBQ forms, but all those DBQ forms would include more or less those uh, GCS 15-point uh, uh, scale rating in uh, this or, or that form of questions. So they would include how your how are your motor responses, how you uh, listen to uh, commands, how you perform, what you say, uh, like how you actually behave, more or less. And um, TBI uh, range as uh, from like low, mild, like small concussion up to a severe one. And of course, based on those DBQ forms that VA has, they would determine like where you're at. Um, you should also look at uh, diagnostic code uh, A045. And uh, that is a code that discuss in detail three main areas of uh, dysfunctions that you may have. So as we said, uh, it's gonna be cognitive impairment, uh, some emotional impairments, dysfunction, and physical uh, dysfunction. So you would look at what you have with uh, those that are in regulation and see where you where you at, how you match. So, um, what are the signs that you 
have been screwed during your uh, exam. So what, what, what can it be? So the, the ones that I look at, for me personally, um, some warning flags to help you know if you got screwed with the denial or you think that you deserved a higher rating and you got it like a zero or 10 for TBI, which I personally believe is incredibly low. So one, were you exposed to a blast? It doesn't have to be a war blast. It could be a blast that you're in the motor pool or something like that. But if you're around a blast and you got hit pretty good, there's a safe bet. If your GCS score was under 13, you might have moderate TBI. If you cannot remember the incident beyond 24 hours post the TBI, 10% is a little low. If your behavior was altered for some time post-TBI, unusual urinating in your sleep, sleepwalking, anger issues, look into it because it's probably a little more heavier than what that 10% that zero is trying to say. If you were unconscious for longer than 30 minutes or the amount of time is not truly verifiable, you might have a shot. And especially if you're deployed, I don't know who's counting. If you have some kind of brain scarring from an MRI scan or a CT scan, but the VA said it was MS or Lyme disease, you might want to look into it as more likely TBI because Lyme disease is not very big around here. Especially if you're a dis deployed veteran, I would assume more TBI than Lyme disease. If you have a memory problem, have a positive neuropsychological screening, you know, the evidence from the doctor saying it, and the doctor blamed it on alcohol, it might be your TBI issue and it might be your behavior, your behavioral changes that people thinking it's drinking when it's really not. If you have a lot of subjective symptoms only with a zero or 10% rating. So the major thing to me personally is if the VA ever gives you a zero, they can't make it any lower. So fight them for it. If it's a 10% rating, then you might want to check on the severity and how it's going. But when you see 10% for TBI, considering what you had to do to get it, I think it's a little low. So you might want to check and make sure that it's a accurate rating because there's a good shot you could probably get an increase on that. Yeah, those are like general uh, things to look for, but it's not uh, completely. So there might be much more. Yeah, and if, you, if you're one of the guys that has TBI while watching this, your best bet's probably writing this down and watching it again. Yeah. Know that the, what, a moderate TBI with uh, residuals could be rated at 70%. A mild TBI with uh, residuals and objective evidence can be uh, something between 40 to 70%. So, and it is important to know, uh, to note VA's level of severity measure, which could vary depending on the point of view of the medical examiner. Like a three will warrant a 70% rating, but let's say you got 10. So look at those facts as well. Yeah. Um, also the fact that VA, uh, uh, with uh, its uh, TBI, uh, and with understanding on TBI, and all VA policies, most of the time they are uh, uh, they a little bit different from what modern science looks at uh, uh, how modern science views TBI. So you might uh, use those uh, I don't know those studies or those articles as well, as long as you're a private doctor. Yeah.
So VA uh, gives a ton of TBA evaluations every day. So, and of course, uh, with all those tons of evaluations, there might be uh, mistakes. Uh, but before your TBA evaluation, make sure that you are armed with facts, with what TBI is and uh, how to deal with that. I guess that's why you're watching this podcast. Yeah. And so some of them, is what their responses for when it comes to TBI. The TBI Disability Benefits Questionnaire is for internal use only. VA and CNP for TBI training videos for TBI with residuals. VA CNP TBI final examination. The demo for the VA for the CNP TBI examination training course. The demo for the VA CNP TBI examination one, two, and three. VHA TBI independent study course. VHA and DOD management of TBI clinical and practice guidelines. The full Excel list of VA certified TBI examiners. The revised TBI fact sheet and the VHA directive 1603. Yeah, those uh, things that might help you in uh, uh, seeing what TBI is. So you can see all the links on the screen. Yeah, and if you got evaluated and say they denied your claim or you got a zero or a 10 and it wasn't from a certified TBI examiner, you probably have a good shot at getting an increase. Yep. And um, as always, you should always look at, uh, like before you go to CNP exam, a DBQ uh, uh, questionnaire. So at least you'll know what they're going to ask you yeah. when you get there. Yeah. So the first question would be uh, as a diagnosis. So. Uh, if you ever had any event or something that would qualify you uh, for TBI compensation. So, of course, if not, then you don't need to go to step two. Yeah. And, of course, you say yes, and then uh, something happens. So they look at your medical um, history. They assess uh, those three things, your uh, mental, your uh, physical functions, and uh, your behavioral functions as well. So you'll be asked about your memory, attention, concentration, executive functions, what do you have and what do you have not? What are your judgments? So normal, mildly impaired, moderately impaired, uh, social interactions, orientations, and you, you'll figure out later then, no matter uh, to what doctor you go, they still you evaluate for those factors. How is your speech? Uh, um, I don't know, oriented in space, time, and person. So you always see those things. That's what they are. Uh, that's actually what they're evaluating. evaluating. Your motor activity, how you move, uh, where you got paint, uh, who you look at, the way you look at, your like visual spatial orientation, because sometimes you can space out. Uh, some subjective symptoms, uh, your behavioral effects. And uh, how, like, what, what your speech looks like, communicational skills. Uh, somehow they would try to evaluate your consciousness. And uh, of course, some residuals like motor functional, sensory functions, hearing loss, visual impairment, seizures, um, like endocrine dysfunction, skin disorders. So all those things you'll find in that uh, DBQ uh, questionnaire. So. Familiarize yourself with that, 
and it will help you um, to be prepared for CNP exam. And of course, what Joe said, those uh, VA uh, TBI videos are very helpful as well. Yeah, know what you're getting into so you have better odds. Yep. And uh, as uh, everybody else, uh, VA and um, examiners got to go through the training, through TBI training, and at least you'll know like what they trained for. Yeah. Yep. So take advantage of it. Yep. So just for your heads up, like severity of for TBI can be measured uh, not only by those factors, but the first one would be time. How, like, if you uh, knocked yourself out, how long you've been unconsciousness. So up to 30 minutes, I would say, normally it's normal to be I, what they call. <laughs> yeah, normal for veterans. For veterans, like, moderate would be something in between, like, 30 minutes to, uh, to the whole day, to 24 hours. And severe would be, uh, I guess, coma. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. After 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much what you're looking at. So look at the time first and there are all those factors that uh, affect you. Um, have any sales? No, definitely when it comes to TBI, you guys should probably review this a few times and review the study videos that the VA uses so you have a good idea where they're coming from. Review the DBQ forms. When it comes to good movies, good TV. Uh, tomorrow, F is for Family is coming out on Netflix, uh, Bill Burr's cartoon, and you guys should really watch that. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, or Hex or Reach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, uh, good movie. Liked it a lot. And uh, of course, I like all the movies from Mel Gibson. So that's fun. It's not an exception. <laughs> and, um, Words of wisdom of the day. Once you have them by the balls, their hearts and minds will follow. All right. Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, over and out.